When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is there such thing as too much silver and gold? That's what I want to talk about today. You know, I I want this discussion to extend beyond just talking about the percentage of one's assets or portfolio that's in silver and gold. I think it has to. I think this has to extend into what is the individual's situation? What is their age? What is the size of their family? Their investment goals, goals for retirement, and this is really important. What are their beliefs? What are their beliefs about the financial system, banks, the stock market, etc.? Because if you go to somebody that is real skeptical about this all, about the whole system, the whole market, and you recommend like you know a two percent weighting, maybe they're already a gold bug, a silver stacker, and and you recommend two percent, they're, they're going to scoff at that and walk away. And I think the 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 alternative is true as well. The opposite of that, if if you have somebody that is uh, maybe benefited hugely off the stock market in the past, sees no problem with where it's at now, or or maybe high-yield uh, investments, maybe they're a big fan of that as well, and, and you recommend like 20% in silver and gold, they see that as dead capital, and again, they're going to scoff at that and walk away. So I think you have to take this all into consideration. Now, I'm sure in terms of portfolio weighting, there's a 1,001 opinions out there among different you know, CFAs, or analysts, or, or investment experts. And I'm not going to give you a perfect answer, but I want to give you guys some food for thought here. I think the mistake that that a lot of these individuals make is that they do kind of just make blanket, blanket statements. Obviously, if their client wants to tweak the number of percentage that, that is in silver and gold, they're, they're going to do it. But as a whole, they kind of make blanket statements, 2%, 5%, 10%, whatever, is the right amount of weighting for everyone. But again, I think you have to take these things into consideration. And another huge mistake that oftentimes they make is once you get into the realm of, of you know wealth management, you know, beyond just the run-of-the-mill 401k or a pension for retirement or something like that, but once you get into, I guess, managed wealth, <clears throat> the mistake that a lot of people make is that they have this belief that they actually own silver and gold. Because many of these CFAs or, or other uh, professionals, they... They've been told, right, a certain amount of silver and gold is a good idea. And so these people actually believe they own silver and gold. But I think in in the vast majority of situations, they don't. They just own a paper claim on some silver and gold, whether that's through GLD or SLV or some sort of vaulting service. Or, you know, there's there's a ton of different ways to get exposure to the price of silver and gold. But, you know, in my opinion, there's only one right way to own it for most people, and that is in its physical form. Now, really high wealth individuals, it's going to be maybe somewhat difficult to to warehouse a whole lot of silver in their own possession. They're going to find some other way to do it. But but I think a lot of individuals think they have exposure to silver and gold when that's all it is. It's just exposure. They, they don't actually own any real silver and gold. But I digress. Getting back to the topic of, of how much is too much, uh, I think it's important to understand that, though. I mean, uh, people might be asking this question when in reality they don't own any right now. But, but again, is there such thing as too much silver and gold. I think it, it goes back to your beliefs as well as also 
maybe second guessing those beliefs sometimes, right? I've made a video on this in the past. I, you know, I talk a lot about precious metals and I talk a lot about the current system, how it's, to, to put it succinctly, unsustainable. It's unsustainable on so many different levels in terms of debt creation, in terms of, of currency stability, in terms of geopolitical stability, societal, you know, on and on and on. All these different factors are just unsustainable. Now, when will it become ultimately totally unstable and fall apart? That's kind of the million-dollar question. But I can say that it's unsustainable. But what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong and, and I'm just totally not taking into account certain information or completely biased or something like that? When it comes to your own investment portfolio, your own assets, I think it's important to take that into account as well. And that's why when somebody says, you know, I'm going 100% of my portfolio in silver and gold, you know, what kind of my first reaction is, hey, you know, go for it. I mean, that's your own personal decision, again, based on your beliefs, your situation, etc. And I'm sure there's people out there that that is correct for. I have people that view this channel that have a huge amount of their wealth in silver and gold, maybe even basically 100% with the exception of cash in their house. And for them, maybe that's right. I certainly don't think silver and gold are a bad investment. But again, based on your situation, you have to take that into account as well. For example, if you're in your 20s, like I am, you have a long time to wait for silver and gold to appreciate in value. And I think... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Over the, the time span between your 20s and your 60s or 70s or whenever you plan on retiring, they have plenty of time to keep pace with inflation, preserve wealth, etc. With that being said, you have a long ways to retirement. And wouldn't it be great if you can get some sort of an asset that could give you a yield, give you a return on your investment? I don't know what that is because certainly uh, I'm, I'm A, not going to give financial advice and B, you know, my, my personal belief is that the stock market, crazy overvalued right now. High yield debt, no thank you. A lot of these other high yield strategies, pretty questionable to say the least. But between now and when you're in your 60s, there's probably going to be a time in which stocks are massively undervalued. In which high yield or even low yield uh, uh, um, investments could make sense, right? And so this always has to be uh, fluid. Uh, but but again, going back to the kind of the percentage model, I'm not going to give you a right percentage because I think this varies, right? Somebody that is in their 20s or 30s and, and let's say in the next five years, the stock market crashes and goes into deep undervaluations. Not overvaluations, but just deep, deep undervaluations, if that's a word. <clears throat> then, you know, maybe they have to reduce their weighting in silver and gold because they want to catch the next bull market rally. I mean, stocks are not all bad. Unfortunately, stocks have kind of become a part of the broader system, if I can call it that, the financial system. 
and then I see how it's how prices are made today, the manipulation, etc. See it as, as deeply problematic. With that being said, undervalued stocks are undervalued stocks, and so maybe you know somebody has has you know fifty percent of their silver of their assets in silver and gold or portfolio between now and that moment, and then they can wait for silver and gold to go up, stock market to go down, and swap the two out. But again, this is fluid and it doesn't have to be an all or nothing type of idea. You don't have to go from 50 to zero. You can go from 50 to 20, 50 to 40, right? And these are just examples. I mean, I don't know. I, again, I think a lot of my viewers would scoff at the idea of 50%. That's not enough or that's way too much, right? There's, a, again, a thousand and one different opinions here. But, you know, honestly, don't feel that you have to do what others are telling you to do. And that's such a broad statement, I know. But you're going to have the professionals, the experts, give you very generic advice of 10%, 2%, 5%, etc. And then you're going to have people here on YouTube like me talking up silver and gold as you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, you have to make your decision from that information, ultimately how much it should be in silver and gold. And also I think it's it's you know a key point that I have to make here is is also understanding what silver and gold are and what they are not. Namely, are silver and gold an investment? That's a decision you have to make for yourself. Me personally, yeah, I think they are. I think they have a good chance of appreciating in value, purchasing power, not just fiat terms. That being said, I think there's a lot of people that would disagree. They'd said silver and gold are just primarily ways to preserve your wealth, ways to uh, hedge against inflation or, or against geopolitical or market troubles, which I would agree. That's, that is, I think, the primary role of silver and gold. And yet, I do believe that you know, a secondary role is the appreciation of value piece as well. But you have to understand what that is, you know, what, what it means for you. Silver and gold are not the same in terms of investment as something like the stock market. The stock market goes up in value, but it also has a dividend, right? And so you're you're getting that, I guess, uh, yield on your overall investment each year based on what stocks you have. Bonds, believe it or not, can go up or down in price. But they also have the yield, which is what most people focus on. Real estate, something like like rental properties, um, you know, those are going to give you a, a steady income over time through rent, right? Um, but but you can still view it as as a yield on your investment. You know what what percentage of that are you making back each year? Uh, how much beyond just the amount that you are uh, uh, receiving in rent? Or can you keep after you pay for? Uh, uh, upkeep or, or after you pay for uh, the, the mortgage on, on the property or something like that, right? And so silver and gold are, are very different than all these. Yes, they don't have a yield. They don't really work for you in the sense that a company does. They don't have a dividend or anything like that. And yet, I think their their role as, as a way to preserve your wealth, as a way to hedge, um, is proven. Proven time and time again. Not over the last decade or 100 years, but I'm talking thousands of years, silver and gold have filled that role. So know what silver and gold is. 
know what you believe in, know what your situation is, and make your decision from there. So I hope this has been helpful food for thought. Is there such thing as too much silver and gold? Going back to the original question. Yeah, I think probably for some people. Yeah, probably. Um, but as a whole, again, if I'm going to be influenced by my own beliefs, my own biases, I guess, my belief is that the current system is pretty shot, that the current stock market is overvalued, high yield debt, low yield debt, it's all in a bubble. And so it's hard for me to say that there's such thing as too much. But again, it comes down to your own personal convictions, your own personal thoughts. So as always, I'd like to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.